0: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> that was a strange delay. Good morning. Well, I'm glad you're here today. I'm glad that you are present, whether you're listening online on our podcast or you're sitting down enjoying this wonderfully heated sanctuary. Do you guys remember before we had the heater in the AC? Wow. That was. That was, who wore Snuggies to church? That was the time <laughs> to wear Snuggies. Blankets. But we got, we got a whole system now, so we're good. It's, it's nice and comfy. Um, we're in our nest sermon series, and if you, if you guys look at the decor, it has it evolved and changed again. Uh, the eggs are now broken. The pterodactyl eggs are now open. The birds are out. <laughs> we have the shells are here. Um, we're progressing along the stages of a nest. Now, it it is themed nest sermon series, but the nest really isn't alive. It's it's the twigs, it's the moss, it's the mud. We we went through all of it. It really is just holding it all together. That's so what that's what we're tracking here. It's it's the church. It's literally that. As we're as we're the babies were born, where we become believers, and we have to grow up and eventually move into soaring in our faith. But right now, along this journey, this timeline, the eggs have opened, and now there's hatchlings. There's there's little tiny baby birds going, ah, you know, chirp chirp chirp. Whatever, whatever that sound is, they just make it. I couldn't I couldn't place the sound in my mind to make it, but ask Ricky. ask Ricky. Oh, okay. So after service, everyone, ask Ricky, and he'll dial it in right for you. Um, hatched? No, I'm sorry. What the title? We it was uh, we had an audible. What's the Forming the brood, that's what it was. We had an audible this morning, change the title. Now it's forming, the, forming a brood. A brood is literally the collective grouping of the baby birds in the nest. Forming a brood. See, up to this point, in the eggshell, the baby bird is by itself. It's alone. It's completely covered in darkness. And all of a sudden, it hatches. And it realizes it's no longer alone. That's what it's like in the kingdom of God. So at one point, we feel like, you know what, I'm, on, I'm in this alone together. I might be in a family. I might have, you know, in a spouse. I have children. I have an animal. I have all these different things. But really, it's like we can feel alone in our thoughts. But all of a sudden, when the shell opens up, we realize we're in this together. That's what a church is supposed to be like. And if you don't feel that way, can I? can I – Ask you to open up and be vulnerable with people in the community. Don't don't be as guarded. Find that that confidant, that someone that you can pray with, you can talk with, you can fast with. That, That is our goal here, forming a brood. Number one, better together. Better together. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12 says this. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Keep the imagery of the baby birds in the nest. Through one may be overpowered, but two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Better together. See, in this nest, when... When they're hatched, they're better together. They can stay warmer for longer as the, as the mama bird leaves. Did you know a baby bird has to have an internal temperature higher than a human? Yeah. That's, I, I've learned so much about baby birds in this research. This is crazy. I'm like, where was this in my school? <laughs> they're, they're better together. The baby birds are literally able to survive longer because they have each other in a nest. They live longer together. They thrive longer together. They're needed. It's interesting, and it's so paralleling to us as a believer. We do better when we're together. It's so much better when we have each other, when, we, when we're moving together, when we have all these things going on. Better together. So pulling out of the scripture, A, together for defense. Together for defense. If, one, if either of them falls down, one can help the other up. I like that imagery. If one of us, if one of us falls, if one of us is hurting, if one of us is struggling, we can help each other up. Saying, you know what? This might not be your week, but I want to encourage you. I want to build you up. Here's, here's a cup of coffee. Here's here's something. Let's let's cheer you up. What, what, do we have our eyesight on each other of just saying, man, this person has been absent for so long. This person is really struggling. This person just is really going through the ringer. Man, that stinks for them. Well, I hope they get over it. (laughs) (laughs) Or is it, or is it, man, I wonder if I could help them. I wonder if, I, I wonder if we could just, maybe just hang it. Maybe they just need a friend right now. What are we doing Together, That's the concept of community and church. It's not a microscope of oh that person. Ugh, that, ugh, or that, We're not on our own little high horse tower. It's a man. W- let's do life. And I love this because it's it's a defensive posture in some of the aspects of this verse. Though one may be overpowered, two may defend themselves that's the concept of if the enemy's coming in and it's just you feel like you're overwhelmed and things just keep attacking you that's the idea of saying can you pray with me can you lift me up i'm going through this and all of a sudden you're strengthened because you have another person praying with you you have another person building you up it's a defensive posture B. together for heat It's really interesting in researching um, kind of the nests with baby birds. The reason why the mom bird is able to leave for an extended time to get the early worm or whatever the saying goes, gets it and brings back for food, they're able to survive longer because they have each other for a heat source. Because at one point, they would only be able to live if the mom bird was sitting on top of them. But now they're like, we can survive a little bit longer on our own because we have each other's heat keeping us warm. That's the concept of on Sunday mornings, it's like we're here together and, and God as this mother bird is hovering over us and we have this heat source and we're built up and we're encouraged and we're doing good and it's this worship and it's great and then Monday happens, right? And all of a sudden the heat source is off, but are you alone in your faith or are you constantly in communication with community? Say, how are you doing? You doing good today? Hey, can you be praying for me? Well, you know, it's, it's the, we're, it, we're keeping each other warm through the week. It's this illustration that's playing together. When we have communi- community, together we're he- in it for heat. And C, together for pity. Now, this was kind of funny because I found this in the verse, and I was like, I was like, wait a minute. So wait, let me read it again. But pity anyone who falls. It's like, wait a minute. So I'm I'm supposed to look at them and have pity on them? And go, oh man, that stinks. No, that's that's not what the verse is trying to get across here. See, pity is compassion. That's the that's the idea. The difference between pas- being passionate and compassionate. The difference is. Being passionate about someone is like, you're like, yes, I am so passionate about this. I love this so much. But then when you're compassionate, it means I'm passionate, but I'm doing something about it. See, in the scripture, having pity on someone doesn't mean, oh, I feel really bad for your situation. See, you know, that's not, that's not it. It's saying, I feel really bad about your situation, and I want to know how I can help. I'll do anything I can. That's the difference. Because when we're together, we're able to have pity. And even though our society kind of has that word, it sounds a little bit bad. It has a negative history behind it, if you will. Think about this. We're together for compassion. Is someone in our community needing help? Is someone, but at the scripture, it's really interesting But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. It's not only referencing people in the community, it's referencing people that we can look down and say, they have no one to help them right now. So maybe they don't know God, maybe they're not in a community. That's what's happening. Do we have compassion on people that might not be able to help themselves and no one is able to help them? That's what it's getting to. Is someone in our community that's fallen down? Is it someone in our personal life community that's fallen down? Who, do we, who are we having compassion on that we can help? That's what this nest concept is. When we hatch, we're in it together. Number two, dwelling together. Dwelling together. First Corinthians 1 10 says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. Has anyone ever had, um, does anyone have brothers and sisters in here? Is anyone um, blessed enough to be an, uh, like an only child? Is anyone in here an only child? For twenty, <laughs> for twenty years, <laughs> two people pointed at you, Nick. <laughs> Nick <it> was like, <laughs> not gonna make eye contact. Dwelling. <laughs> well, see, when you when you have siblings and you're close in age, um, it's real. There's this unique situation because there's no arguing or fighting, and it's just like daisies and dandelions all day long like rainbows and unicorns <laughs> it's just like this kumbaya environment <laughs> <laughs> that was good <laughs> fictitious just like rainbows and unicorns dwelling together sometimes sometimes when i say sometimes i mean all the time there are rough patches When you're in close proximity for a long time especially when you're young just like when you're a believer in the church and you're new in belief or maybe you just haven't grown into your faith fully there can be tension with other believers in the nest well i like this well i like this well how about we just like jesus together okay the aesthetics we can we can let's move past okay When we're focused on mission, all of a sudden the tensions will will drift away a little bit more. Dwelling together. Dwelling together. This scripture gives some key insights of how to get along with other believers in the church. Please take this to heart. The next time you're frustrated with someone, maybe it's me. Maybe it's a friend at church. Maybe it's a spouse at church. Okay? (laughs) These are key insights to getting and dwelling along together in community. Out of the scripture, it says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you would agree with one another in what you say. A, what you say. How you dwell together, one of the biggest things, is just your mouth. If you would just watch what you say, that is one third of what this verse is talking about. You know, you might want to say something. Don't. Amen. What what was what was that cartoon? That's um, if you if you don't got anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. <laughs> anything at all. Cartoon, cartoon. Fictitious. fictitious, but it's accurate. <laughs> Watch what you say. When we are dwelling together in unity as baby birds, if you will, in a nest, as believers in the body, God says, just watch what you say. That is the first key insight. If it's gonna, if it's potentially gonna hurt someone or wrestle someone's face, you don't need to say it. Just hold it. And if you start saying something you realize halfway through because the Holy Spirit like is trying to hold you back from saying it just stop mid-sitting and say, you know, I forgot what I was going to say and just walk away and be like, well, that was close. Thank you, Holy Spirit. (laughs) Watch what you say. This is just practical today, guys. Listen, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you would agree with one another in what you say and that there be no no divisions among you. No divisions among you. What does that mean? B. it's what you do. It's not only what you say, what you do if you do something that gets on someone's nerves don't do it someone's like man I really don't like how you do that okay well let's let's work on a compromise together let's let's troubleshoot this let's uh if you don't like that how about I do that over here because that's how I engage in worship yeah that sounds fair I won't I won't tambourine in your face anymore you know that was the only thing that could pop up in my head. <laughs> I can't go there. I'm speaking from experience. <laughs> Watch what you say, so I can't. I can't break number one, because that's one third. Watch what you do. Sometimes what we do, it might be. We might be trying to be helpful, and we might not even be thinking through what we're doing but it actually can cause hurt in other people's lives watch what we do that's that's a commitment we all have to make individually we can't all make it and one person avoids it because that one person is just going to annoy everyone else we're in this nest in a close proximity think about the baby birds if if one baby bird is sitting in the nest and it decides you know what i have a beak and i just want to poke all the other baby birds that brings up tension with the other baby birds. Just like with us, watch what we do. It's super basic, but God needed to say it. Watch what we do. And then the last part of the verse, says, but that you, perf- be, that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. Just to clarify, God says, any way you want to take thinking, your emotional state, Your thoughts, you need to be united. See what you think. This is something that only you can work on yourself. But it's how you think, because how you think and how you have emotions towards someone is what will come out of your mouth and your actions that will transpire. It's it's the biggest aspect. You got to change what you're thinking. (laughs) My pastor used to say, "He's like you need to change your stinking thinking." I always wondered, like, where did that come from? Um, what do you think? Are your thoughts divisive? Are your thoughts bringing disunity? Are your thoughts negative? Are your thoughts, ugh, I don't like that person. I didn't mean to point in this direction, I just, th- I just need to point somewhere. <laughs> 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 no, just point this right there. Uh, what do you think? One of the biggest things of dwelling together, dwelling together, not temporarily being together, but dwelling. This is long-term. You have to change your thinking. Because if your thinking doesn't change, long-term becomes short-term. And either you are going to leave too soon, or you're going to push someone else out of the nest too soon, and you have to change your thinking. What happens when a baby bird leaves the nest too soon? It's going to fall? It might survive, it might not. It's really a toss of the coin. Because all of a sudden now, the predators can get to it very easily. So think about it. In order to prevent you from being devoured by the enemy or someone who God loves in this church, maybe you don't love yet, but you will. (laughs) Someone who got, that's the best way to start thinking. God loves him. God loves them. God loves them. I'm going to start loving him. I'm going to start loving <laughs> him. <gonna start laughs> you got to start changing your thinking because you could push someone out. And God needs them to be planted because there's protection, there's unity, and we're in this together. <laughs> and the other thing to think about is we're going to be in heaven for eternity yeah. together. May as well just deal with it now. Number three, in this, oops, in this together, in this together. So we're better together, (laughs) we're dwelling together, but we're in this together. What do I mean by that? We're, we're, We're in this journey together. We're moving forward together. We're not being left behind, but we're, we're, Going somewhere together, I read this story it was so it was just so peculiar and so bizarre. There's a story of this of uh, this uh, big wedding, and the story goes that the the groom was up there, he's waiting, and the pastor's waiting, and you know you know that anticipation where everyone's sitting there and you're like, okay, the bride's going to come soon and it's like that, that moment right where everyone stands up, the music starts playing, and it's this grand entrance, and it's like oh um, you know, it's like that anticipation factor. So the music starts up, everyone stands up and turns around and looks at the bride. And then people start getting confused. They see the bride and, and it's supposed to be the best like you're supposed to be dressed the best. It's the best of your life, blah blah, blah all that. And she starts walking and, and someone notices she has a she has a bruise on her arm. And someone else knows, like, what's with her hair? It's like oh it looks like it's been pulled and tugged and it's like not even it's not even together anymore. And as it gets closer, the, the veil's over, but someone who's close sees it. She has a black eye. And she starts walking, She's she gets closer, and everyone starts going, what is happening? And all of a sudden, the focus that was on getting married is now fully focused on the bride. The groom is out of the picture, because they're like, what's happening? And everyone's speculating, what's going, what's going on? What just happened? Did she just get mugged in the party? And the story goes that the bride is the current state of the church, fighting itself and the groom is Jesus and everyone sitting on the sides is actually the onlookers who aren't part of the community of God yet I'm like what's happening with Christians what's what is happening with church nowadays and they're more focused on people in the church on the negative aspects than the merger of the groom to the bride and it's crazy. I, I read another, another um, quote that said, the greatest cause of persecution in the church right now is the church. We, we persecute each other. I totally said that word wrong. We persecute each other more than the outside forces. Blows my mind that the, chur- the church is getting in fights with itself. Do you know how many ridiculous things I've read and seen over the years? I, I, I'm young. I've only been in the church so many years. But in just this short amount of time, churches across the United States, silliness has been happening. And we're like, wonder what God is thinking like. Um, get together, guys. Come on. It's like you need to grow up. You need to start moving forward. And God's not speaking to people that are, being silly on the outside because they're platform greater. He's talking to all of us. Will we grow up and be better together? Will we be focused? Will we, will we be, you know what? I'm going to build up my other believer because the rest of the world is looking at us whether I know it or not. When we walk into a workplace and people know that we're a Christian, they, they automatically in the back of their mind are waiting for us to mess up. They mess up every day, okay? (laughs) But they're like, okay, uh, is he on his phone? Oh, I knew it. I knew it. They're just waiting. And it's crazy. Romans 12, 4 through 5 says, For just as each of us had one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, through many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We're in this together. We're in this together. One of the greatest things we can do as a church and members of the church is grow in our own unique giftings and move forward with it. A: Grow in your gifts. Don't be frustrated because someone's not like you, please. But get over that. We're all unique. Special snowflakes, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. It was a quote or something. We all are like a fingerprint. I'm just not even look at my wife because she, uh, she just gave me a look like. <laughs> <laughs> Grow in your gifts. You are unique. You are special. You are different. Just don't let. Don't let someone else who's different than you dictate how you think about them and how you treat them they they have something amazing to bring to the kingdom of god and so do you we all we all are special in the king of god and god loves us all uniquely what was what was the quote god doesn't love one person more than each other he loves us he doesn't love us equally he he loves us uniquely Uniquely. yeah he doesn't love us equally he loves us uniquely because we're all different we're all special one of the greatest things you can start doing is just grow in who you're supposed to be. Grow in who you're supposed to be. Um, Yeah. Some of the most devastating things I've seen in, in churches, not just in leadership, but just individuals is people trying to be like other people. You're not born that way. You're not supposed to be like that person. I, I mean, I'm guilty of it so much. When I was younger, I'd be like, man, I really like, I admired that person, and I'm just going to do everything like them. And that didn't work out well because I wasn't like them. I wasn't even in their same five-fold ministry, which we'll get to later in our church. <laughs> Grow in your gifts. Be Celebrate other gifts. This will drastically change how you think about people. If you're willing to not be frustrated with how someone acts, but say, man, they're good. they are so good at what they do. Don't be jealous. Don't be frustrated because they're different. But celebrate in who they are. We got people that are so evangelistic. We got so many people that are so uh t- the teacher gifting we got the um, apostolic gifting we got the pastoral gifting celebrate their uniqueness and all a- out of the 5 it's so funny to see cuz there's certain ones that almost clash with each other it's like well let's sit down we need to do all this let's get all this blah, blah blah and then this person's on this side of like all right let's do it <laughs> and you're like no 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 we need to and it can get so frustrating and there can be so much tension. But if we celebrate the giftings, all of a sudden there's a different dynamic and we start moving forward in the kingdom of God in unity rather than a broken, disunified group. Celebrate other gifts. And since we're forming one body known as the kingdom of God, see, work together together focus on you, celebrate someone else, and then figure out how to do it together. If we have this vision, this focus, this mindset, all of a sudden, our dynamic shifts completely. Because if you know who you are, they know who they are, and you're saying, listen, together I can do this and you can do this, imagine what we can accomplish. That's where, the, that's where the word synergy comes from. Because the combined effort is greater, a greater, bigger outcome than an individual effort that we could any ever do on our own. Really is. In the nest. I think one of the greatest giftings of understanding this illustration and, and just in life is the realization of breaking out of the shell and realizing I'm not alone and we can do it together. That's one of the most comforting things on this planet. I love that. I love that feeling. I don't have to do it on my own. You don't have to do it on your own. We could do this together. (laughs) Let's pray. Lord, first and foremost, um, I, I want to offer up a um, a forgiveness, a, an apology, God, on behalf of our our church, on behalf of my myself. If we've ever been frustrated with someone in the body, God, we we ask for forgiveness. Lord, remove any frustration that's ever been hindering us from moving forward. Remove any thoughts towards others in the church that aren't conductive to moving forward, God. We're sorry. And we ask for forgiveness over it. Because we're moving to a season that you've proclaimed over us, God. It's so unique, so special, so powerful of of what you've been sharing. We can't let anything hinder us. And Lord, I I pray for the nest, the safety of the nest as new people come in and have salvation that we're able to protect and guard and incorporate into our community well. Because ultimately, it is your church and you grow the church and you've been testing us so that you can trust us with souls that you'll be sending us. Lord, encourage us up and build us up this week. If anyone is going through something, Lord, give them courage to develop confidence in someone else to bring up prayer requests and continue strengthening this community, just like with that three-chord stroke three-stranded cord that you talk about in your scripture, God, that we're stronger together and better together. In your mighty name, amen.